0: Welcome to the Smith and Rowan show. Let's join our host, Alan Smith and Jeff Rowland.
1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, one and all. We are back on the air. We took a brief absence because we had to answer so much fan mail, but here we are back. Smith and Rowland Unplugged Edition, where we set the standard for truth and expose idiocy.
0: <laughs> now, our host. Alan Smith. I have to agree with you. You just <laughs> exposed true. it. That's right. <laughs> I just
1: exposed it. That's right. I'll own it too, boy. I'll own it in a heartbeat.
0: Yes, great be. job. Yeah. Well, How you doing? Yes, there, sir. Mr. Yes, sir,
1: brother Smith. I'm doing fine. Hope you are. Hope you're well and happy, and the farm's running off without a hitch.
0: I am. Or maybe I, I
1: maybe should say with a hitch. I don't know.
0: It's running off without a hitch. Both good. Well, I have that we've been discussing here just to throw off. I mean, I'm I want to hit a couple of things, a couple of little quickies here. One of the quickies is there's a church that you liked its pastor rather well. He's dead and gone now, Jesus. He's actually an independent Baptist preacher. I think it's Jack Kyle's was his name. I mean, uh, just a mighty church, wasn't it? A pretty good did he have one of the biggest Sunday schools at one time or something, Jeff?
1: Yeah, his church was the largest church in uh, actually, the world for a wow. while. GB Vic had the largest church. It was in Detroit, Michigan for a number of years. It was an independent Baptist church. And then Jack Hiles went to First Baptist in Hammond, Indiana, and his church became the largest independent Baptist church in the, in the world. And it was uh, the largest church in the world for a while. He had over wow. 20,000 in Sunday school. Of course, it developed into a Bible college. It had Hiles Anderson College, which is still going on today. But Jack Howell's been dead for some time, and there was a lot of controversy surrounding his life and surrounding him. There was a whole lot of controversy about him, a lot of rumors, but he was one of the greatest preachers I've ever heard. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was Mm -hmm. one of the greatest preachers I've ever heard. He had a heart. His heart and mission was soul winning. He preached on soul winning more than he did on anything else, bringing people to Jesus.
0: Well, what we were discussing was it seems like, some of these old institutions, we call them, when they lost their preacher, like they almost lost their way, Jeff. Yeah, they've and never been the same. Like, yeah, I hate mm. to say it like that, but.
1: Yeah, First um, Baptist in Hammond, Indiana has never been the same since Dr. Hiles passed away. It's hard to replace those old yeah, preachers, yeah. and culture kind of throwed the old way of preaching, it throwed it out, throwed it to. Off to the side. And I do believe this. I believe that what we're missing in in this day is what we left in the previous generation. We need to go back and pick it up. If we don't go back and pick it up, we're still going to be missing and hunting for what we had. And I believe that. I believe there's <laughs> truth in that.
0: Well, you and I had run into some, you know, talking about some of the old preachers and how they were not that you and I totally agreed with them in some areas because a lot of those old timers, they had a shade of legalism in them but they had enough of truth that legalism didn't seem to hurt
1: (laughs) it seemed to tolerate it awful well and even the things that i honestly there was a lot of things i disagreed with them about but i will say this we was better off then than we are now if i had to choose the excesses of today and the excesses of the past i think i'd go back to the past because it sure was, seemed like we had more of the power of God on us then than we do now. And well, that, that's you, for sure.
0: You and I had listened to a podcast there yesterday, and it was uh, it was between Stephen Strang and Dr. Brown. Brown was on Strang's podcast. And uh, yep. it seems like that Strang, of course, had, they were both, the topic of discussion was basically IHOP KC. The situation out there, you know, with Mike Bickle. So they were given their account of it and of course i'm not bringing this up just to bring up something on mike bickle but i am bringing it up because it appears that brown's response to straying was there was a difference in sin pre-salvation than there was in post-salvation yeah now he didn't he didn't use that terminology but it seemed like And I understand what he was saying. It's not that I don't understand it. I'm just wanted to discuss it out loud here so you and I can throw around the idea a little bit. And um, so it looks like there was a pre salvation sin, a post salvation sin. The pre salvation sin looks like it's more forgivable than the post salvation sin. What do you think on that, Rolly?
1: You know, we've said this before, and I don't mind saying this. I've got a book that Mike Bickle wrote, you know, like the book, I've heard him preach. And it's fine. if it's, I, Mike Bickle was never one of my favorite guys. There was several things I disagreed with Mike Bickle on. I'm sure there'd be several things Mike Bickle disagreed with me on. But Mike Bickle wasn't necessarily one of my, what I would call one of my favorite preachers or somebody I listen to a lot. But the issue there is no longer about Mike Bickle. You can put a paper bag over Mike Bickle's head right. as far as it goes. The situation is, is what's being touted out there is that before you get saved, If you've committed murder, rape, and robbed 40 banks, you could get saved and come out and be welcomed into the body of Christ for full benefit and come preach for us. I mean, just serve God however you want to. But then after you get saved, if something happens and you fall to the wayside... Then all of a sudden you are completely set on the shelf never to be used again. So according to that logic and that kind of theology, there is a difference in the forgiveness of sin before you get saved than there are after you get saved. I understand like you said, I get exactly what you're saying, but it needs to be explained a little differently. If a man is in habitual sin and living in sin, then yeah, that disqualifies you from service till you get right with God. I believe that. But an act of sin is different than habitual sin. And we know there's differences between sins of weakness and sins of rebellion. Those two things are different. We believe Mm -hmm. that. However, when a man says, well, this has happened in my life, but I took it to the Lord, got it right with God. What are you supposed to hold that sin against him? Well, according to the word, God doesn't hold that against you.
0: Well, what but, does God say he does?
1: Well, God says that he forgives you, and uh, it's never to be remembered against you again. And he's faithful and just to do that. As a matter of fact, God then went on to say, if you say you have no sin, then the word's not in you. So if that's true, then what I'm saying is, is if a man commits an act of sin, that's not a disqualifier if he brings it before the Lord in repentance and gets forgiveness from the Lord over it then he's, I, to my way of thinking of what the Word of God teaches, then you are set at right with the Lord and are in full benefit of sonship. But apparently in today's modern world, that's not the case anymore. Matter of fact, if you right. committed some type of sin, <clears throat> then you're supposed to hang your head, not show up at church. Matter of fact, they'll ban you from coming to church. That's what they did to Bickle. You know, you're not even allowed to come on the campus. So I'm questioning where it is in the scripture that validates this disqualification based on an act of sin. Now we're talking about acts of sin. We're not talking about habitual lifestyle of sin. You know what I mean?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the consequences are definitely different. And Uh, and, and
1: can I just put this in because I want you to comment on this too. It appears as though there are earthly consequences and then there are heavenly consequences, but because we're living on earth, We have placed earthly consequences in a different way than heavenly consequences. That seems to be the case.
0: Well, it does, but still causes some confusion because we're praying on earth as it is in heaven.
1: That's right. That's exactly
0: right. Well, if I'm praying on earth as it is in heaven... It would appear that I need to approach you from a heavenly perspective and not an earthly one. Now that's exactly I'm with right. you, Jeff. I mean, we're not saying that you got to have reason and all that we're saying, and you and I understand that. But what we're trying to point out, you and I are of the persuasion that the same gospel that is applied to your life pre-salvation is the exact same gospel that you apply to your life post salvation.
1: That's exactly the same right. message. Same message, same Same truth, same forgiveness. And uh, uh, they even brought up, you know, a pedophile that you wouldn't, well, if somebody's guilty of pedophilia, you wouldn't put them over the children at the church. I agree with that. I totally agree with that. I'm not, Uh I'm not disputing that. But what I am saying is that if a pedophile takes that before the Lord and repents, then God transforms his heart and he's not a pedophile anymore. Now, either we believe that or we don't believe that, or we have to say that pedophiles can't be saved. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that principle, that logic that's being applied, and it's not just Mike Bickle, it's Mm -hmm. everywhere. You know, if some preacher falls, well, he committed a sin, and they expose him to his sin, and the fact that he's been exposed, everybody now knows about his sin. So that disqualifies him from service, and he can't serve God anymore. In the pulpit. I've never read that in the word of God, nor have I seen a principle that even implies it. What I have seen is that David was confronted with his sin and he was king in Israel. And he was king in Israel after his sin, just like he was before his sin. Now, we can say that a lot of things came into his life as a result of that. I wouldn't argue against that. No. But what I would say is that his service to God didn't change before or after because he brought it before the lord in repentance right and if forgiveness is applied then it's got to be applied across the board at all times in your life i don't understand that whole thought why i don't understand
0: it. well it's, it's because it has some inconsistencies the application of what happens to the repercussions or the consequences. We're not saying that consequences aren't there. Of course they are.
1: Well, sure they are.
0: You, you got natural consequences. One of the natural consequences is you have to live with the religious spirit coming against you. Yeah, and, that's um, right. you know, that's one of the consequences yeah. also. But there again, people always want to go to the extreme situation. To make a point about the whole conversation. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like a pedophile or something. Well, let's back it up just this side of that. <laughs> you know, yeah, uh,
1: yeah, that's right. Somebody that's right.
0: committed adultery or or you got a trans person or homosexuality or, or uh, whatever. I know quite a few situations where people have denounced homosexuality they still have to manage that sin, potential of sin in their life, of the same self-attraction, you know, same-sex attraction. And so, but they still have to deal with it, just like an alcoholic has to deal with alcohol, drug addict, drugs, whatever. It's not that we don't have to manage the weaknesses in our lives. It's not that to be set, we think being set free is that you don't have the temptation anymore. Mm. Right. And that's what we think set free. That's, but I mean, that's, right. that's that, what people that's think. A, that's our concept. Yeah. People think, yeah. all right, if you've been set, all right, do you still have a the feeling of same sex attraction? Well, yeah, well, you still got demons. I The only thing I can say to a man or a woman, do you still look upon another man or woman and say, right. you know, wow, that's God, right. you've done good yeah. there? Yeah, that's uh, You know, right. so do you do that? You know, I heard a pastor, uh, in all honesty, I mean, I thought he, would rather he hadn't said it, but he did. He said he was in the pulpit. He's trying to make a point about sin. He said he's been in the pulpit before, seen a gorgeous lady in the congregation and have a fleeting thought right there in the middle of his sermon he shouldn't have had. He was that vulnerable. He said, I'm being very vulnerable. I'm just telling you, here, here's yeah. how it works. Yeah. Did I cast it down? Yes. He said, was it trying to mess me up in my preaching? Yeah, of course it was. Yeah. But to say it's not going to come against me, he said, what planet do you live on? And, yeah. well, that, and that was his point. Should he be disqualified?
1: You're right. He, and he makes yeah. a good point. Should he be disqualified because there was a, an act of sin in his thoughts? Uh-huh. Uh, oh, The answer is no, absolutely not. You don't disqualify somebody and throw, well, throw away but, yeah the, but
0: a, a religious vessel. spirit would say, "Well, if you have it, if you have it in the afternoon about three o'clock, okay, yeah, that's not yeah, so right. bad. But, if you, but if you do it in the pulpit, <laughs> bless God, you need to be thrown out of yeah. there and I'll just tell Yeah, that you. that's right. Yeah, and that's what the religious that's- spirit says to it. And I know you and I are because you see, when you when you get down to this stuff, you and I have always put together an army for God, Jeff. But it's been a ragtag crowd, hasn't it? I mean, oh, they got yeah. spiritual arms oh, yeah. missing and legs and feet. That's and, right." That's right. And spiritually speaking, half their heads has been blown off. We've always put together just a ragtag army. And if we started calling everybody because they had a few disabilities, spiritual disabilities, I'm calling. But nonetheless, I'm not saying they glory in those disabilities. They repent and say, I've got a disability. I mean, what's the difference in a homosexual saying, listen, I am not living in sin, but I have a disability? Yeah, right. I mean, yep. I mean, come on! I mean, uh, I ain't a bit it,
1: of difference.
0: You need uh, need, to, need to hand out the handicap thing to hang on your mirror when you come in church. I got a right. disability, so I'm 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 just saying. I hear what those I hear what Brown's saying. I I get it. I mean, I really do. I get what he's saying, but it's hard to say what he's saying and not look like you're holier than thou. I'm sorry. Dude. Well,
1: listen, it's yeah. hard to say what he's you saying. What saying? And, and, yeah. And, and, it's hard to and say I, what I he's like saying. Brown. I like right. a
0: lot of his article.
1: He's not even right in it. Now, I, I don't think that's who where you get is. crossed
0: up. Yeah. What he's you're, doing either, is, you're either forgiven or you're not.
1: That's the point. You can't apply it one way to a lost man and then try to apply it a different way to somebody that's that's been saved. It don't work. That's the way I've always right. looked at it. Just any principle of truth. It's got to stand the test of the totality of Scripture. And if you run that kind of thinking through the totality of the gospel, you come up with too many missing holes there. Based on that kind of theology, every one of us is disqualified.
0: I understand the arguments that are out there. It's kind of a dilemma to be an imperfect vessel preaching a perfect message from a perfect God that's right. And try to look like you don't have egg on your face. Now, that's a, yeah, God, I mean, a whole lot right there. That, <laughs> I mean, you can't do
1: it. You just slap, you can't, you can't do it. You, can't, you can't, We're, we're all going to
0: look like a little bit of an idiot, including Brown that's and right. Strang and me and that's you. That's exactly right. Yeah, we, but the I truth mean, of
1: the matter is, is if we're going to preach this gospel, then we got to live by this gospel.
0: That's right. That's
1: and living right. by this gospel includes the fact That humans don't have the right to disqualify somebody that God has qualified.
0: Now, if we've got a
1: problem with it, we got to take that up with God, not with each other. Hmm. So they can debate back and forth. All them guys can debate back and forth on restoring him back to the Lord, but not restoring him back to leadership all they want to. But the truth of the matter is, they're not the ones put him in leadership. Now, yeah, if yeah. you're going to say he's disqualified, then you've got to also say he was never called. To start with. Yeah. But well, if I'm, he was ever called, then God's the one that's, that does the qualifying.
0: Well, I can tell you right now he was called. And I'll tell you why. Because the devil tried to destroy him. That's proof right there that's, that he's called.
1: That's exactly and I don't,
0: right. I'll tell you another way you'll know he's called. They'll never replace Mike Bickle in his preaching and teaching.
1: No, they won't. That's exactly never, right. They'll never, never be. The, and it they'll don't never... Matter. It'll never be the same. I don't
0: care. It'll never be the same. Now I'm not taking up for if he's sinned. I'm not which I still don't know about all that, but I'm not taking up for any of us to sin. But I right. will say he has been called. I've heard people say, Well, it's, that whole movement's not of God. Wow. Boy. Yeah, I, that's I, that's I, just I duck stupid. on that one. That's, yeah, that's just, just stupid. stupid. Somebody's that's, lost
1: their brain when they go that yeah. far. and at, the,
0: I yeah, I think brain. he's called. If he's fallen, he's fallen. But to, the only thing I can tell you, the proof that he was called of God is I know the saying everybody's replaceable. Well, I don't agree with that. I don't think there'll be another Mike Buckle at IHOP no, hope that won't. can replace it. Now I'll be glad to to be stand corrected. That'd be wonderful. It'd be yeah. wonderful. Well, be I, here, corrected.
1: if I can just say this much, Alan, if we are fearfully and wonderfully made, and we are a masterpiece of God's creation, each individual is unique. If all of that's true, there can never be another Mike Bickle to fulfill the destiny that he had. That's right. So they may put somebody else in there, and they may do something different. And I pray that they do. I pray to God that they do. But they'll never do what Mike Bickle could have done, should have done, and would have done if humans took their hands off the situation. Now, because they've laid their hands on the situation, There'll be consequences to their life as well. And God help us all
0: yeah. uh, when God we do that.
1: All. But that's exactly what happens when we judge one another based on our sin. Don't apply the gospel to it.
0: All right, Mr. Rowland. we have run out of time this morning. Oh, and no. you keep that truck on the to white lines. And the outset here, we think a lot of Strang and of, of Brown, Dr. Brown. We honor their opinion on the subject and the topic but in light of us honoring them we've got one too but we do bless them and glad they're on the team of God alright yep. Rolly be careful buddy All right. see you uh-huh. bye bye thank you for joining today's Smith and Rowan show you can check out our website at org and our daily unplugged podcast at com. you can also join us on Amazon Apple or
1: Spotify